The FujiCast is an independent loading zone production. Kev, I'm not sure if you've um, if you've dipped into your supply yet, but we had a bit of a we we had a bit of a Brucey bonus, as we call it, still in this house. There's some brew dogs arrived, and mm. I know we've shared them now because they came to me, and then I, we sort of divvied them out, didn't we? But we have no idea who sent them. No. But they were very nice. I mean, what, could it have been from Brewdog? I mean, have they have they turned a corner and they they're thinking, let's be nice to everybody and send them free cans of beer? <laughs> I, I very much doubt that. Oh. There's a, there's a lot of Brewdog employees would be raising their eyebrows at that. I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so well, I mean, they're, they're, so we have the brew we have a Brewdog quandary. Who sent these Brewdogs in? Because we want want to say thank you to you, but we've no idea where they came from. No. Yeah. I had some yesterday, yeah. and I will have some more later, probably at about half past two this afternoon. Half past two, Kev? Yeah. Oh, it's recording day, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. No, 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 it's live day. No, it's not recording day. It's live day, day today, it's, yeah. It's, it's live, that's, yeah, that's even more irony. It's, it's live day for your radio show, and, and the way that Kev approaches it, it cracks a beer and gets drunk first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite sure the BBC would have liked that. The Fuji cast. And I said, Oi, Mullins, we're, we've sort of got. We, we, in your contract, there's this thou shalt not go on the air. Pissed. <laughs> but yeah, thank you, whoever did send in the brew dogs. They are very gratefully received, but do let us know who you are so we can uh, ask you for more. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Right, uh, welcome to the FujiCast. You and your questions from our electronic mailbag and, of course, also through the FujiCast private Facebook group that you're welcome to become a part of by sending your mails to click at fujicast.co.uk. If you're not a Fujifilm shooter, you know the script by now, don't you? Don't worry. It's a big community and whatever flavour you shoot, you're very welcome. Thank you to our friends who've now supported us on Patreon. Kev's book of the week this week. What do we have, Kev? Uh, we've got a new-ish edition of uh, Wildflowers by Joel Merritt, which is a very, very famous book, but uh, this is a, it's a newly released and expanded version of it. There's a few photographers on, on this planet that I, I would, you know, you look out for that email and you think, ah, oh, wouldn't it be lovely to get an email from you know, so-and-so saying, I, 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 yeah, I'd love to be interviewed. Joel is one of them, without a doubt. Can you imagine that? Yeah. The stories. Um, today, uh, we will hear... Well, we've got a great storyteller anyway today, Matt Searles. Um, do you know where Mesopotamia is? Uh, yes. <laughs> Vaguely. <laughs> Expand, Kev. You're in the one-word answers. Uh, expand. Where do you think it is, Kev? Isn't it somewhere in, like, somewhere near... Israel, kind of that direction, over over there somewhere. Yeah, that's very close, actually, in New Zealand. Oh. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> Is it really? Yes. <laughs> no, it's not. Mesopotamia, I'm sure it's... No, that's not in New Zealand. It's Turkey way. I'm Me- sure of it. Messy. Uh, well, Matt Matt, uh, Matt Sells. Um, well, he's, he owns a cafe, which is a bar come... Look, look at this, by the way. This is the best job in the world. Owns a cafe, which is a bar come the weekend... He's the uh, he's the mailman in the valleys through these wonderful this wonderful mountainous region, uh, and uh, on his mail run he becomes a photographer. Oh, what I've about seen some that? Of those Kev? Pictures of the sheep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, is that there's not- two Mesopotamias then. There yeah. must be, absolutely has to be. I'm sure it's kind of near Syria, somewhere like that. There's a Turkey. third one near Swindon, just outside Swindon. <laughs> I just looked it up on Google. <laughs> I looked it up. Mesopotamia encompasses the land between the Euphrates and Tigris rivers, 
both of which have their headwaters in the Taurus Mountains. Yeah, how are you spelling your messy, though? M-E-S-O-P-O-T-A-M-I-A. <laughs> what about the one in Swindon? Doesn't it refer to that one? <laughs> so, uh, Swindon, messi- me- Swindon is just messy. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry if you live in Swindon. Actually, I like Swindon because Photo Swindon we're supporting yeah. from photo- Photography Daily. So so don't be going down that road, Kev. Should have <laughs> should have actually... Um, uh, where, where's your favourite place in Wales? Oh, it's going to be the Ceredigion Coast. There we go. Mes- Mesopotamia and the Ceredigion Coast. I'm going to type in Mesopotamia, New Zealand. Yeah. New Zealand. Are you trying to prove that it doesn't exist? No, there must be two of them. There we go. Look, there is. There is you're right. There is. You're quite right. There is one. Mesopotamia Station lies between the Rangitala and Forest Creek Rivers. Yeah. And was named by Samuel Butler, Butler in 1860. It remains one of New Zealand's oldest. Dot, 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 dot. Then I have to click on the link, so I'm not going to bother with that. Okay. But yes, there we go. We'll let Matt tell us. Matt Matt is our guest today, and he's going to be talking about these incredible uh, incredible pictures that he makes as he goes on that that mail run. What a job, eh, Kev? Yeah, I've seen some of those pictures. They are incredible. But you yourself, you know, in in the car, he takes his dogs with him, and uh, he heads up this, I think, what what does he do? 50 kilometres there, 50 kilometres back doing this mail run and he just when he sees stuff he stops and photographs it he's got some incredible stuff of uh what went photographing the sheep shearing and to just life in that in that valley wow eh? he's yeah. got he's got it sorted yes yeah so questions you're gonna go first kev or me i'll go first why not um well first of all i'm just going to say thank you to the uh the, the two the two people have uh, supported us on Patreon over the last three months. Um, thank you not, very there's much. Not, there's not only two in all. That's the two additionals of joy. Two new ones, yeah, oh, well, last year. That we, would be quite we've, disappointing. We've lost more than we've gained <laughs> in the last three months. So I don't know whether we're doing something wrong, but hey-ho. Rob M and uh, Chris Ruhr, thank you uh, to you guys. Uh, so don't forget, you know, there is Patreon. <laughs> if, you, uh, if you feel like uh, sending us brew dogs is not enough, you can, uh, you can support us that way. And so on that note, to the questions in the Facebook thread. Now, I've noticed recently yeah. that there are lots of questions in the Facebook group that people are posting privately, which is absolutely fine. That's the whole point of it. You carry on doing that however i'm then getting tagged um, people saying oh can we have this on the show etc if i can read it and if i remember then yes however really the ones in the the pinned post at the top that says questions for the show that's where you want to be putting it if you definitely want it on the show absolutely um but other than that we will we will do our absolute best and as a time-honored tradition which uh, started about six weeks ago i will uh, start with the the post at the end the first post the most recent post which is posted two days ago by trevor wickham foxwell god that's a cool name isn't it trevor yeah. wickham foxwell oh he must have a lot of land yeah, probably. Yeah, it sounds like I, something out of Midsummer Murders. Like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he's in his swimming pool right now listening to this. <laughs> Bring me another gin, Tarquin. <laughs> uh, hey kevin hey neil uh first time question hopefully this hasn't been rehashed already my question is when i use one of my custom film simulations when i try to go back to one of my standard film simulations all the settings from the custom simulation stay except the standard film simulation that i picked is there any way to get back to the original state and uh, that i was in before engaging the custom settings mm. uh yeah this is this is kind of a, a common we probably have had it before on the show but it's it's, it's a common um question it, although 
like it anyway. And uh, and the answer is no, not really. So uh, when you do set up a custom setting, um, depending on which camera you've got, you you can have kind of maybe seven custom settings uh, where you can change things like film simulation, shadows, highlights, all of that kind of stuff to make your own kind of uh, little kind of look, if you like, recipe. And then when you do go back to just the standard um, film simulation setting at the top of the, the menu and you change it to something else, it will retain all of the shadows, highlights, all that kind of stuff from your previous custom setting so the way that i get around this is i I generally have a custom setting number one which is just everything at neutral so zeros back to back to kind of standard Mm. so if i want i want to quickly just get back to everything i just click select custom setting number one of course you do lose one of your custom setting opportunities but if you find this is a a, you know a, a kind of challenge for you in terms of having to redo that all the time then then just automate it a little bit job done is that what you would have said yeah yeah no well actually i did have that problem and um i have a special setting on my phone called um help desk and it goes straight to your phone (laughs) call mullins he'll know yeah you're very good actually even on wedding days you pick up (laughs) you must know what's neil done um oh i just wanted to uh, mention this by the way that um jeremy baker um on his gfx he has um it's it's something that you've always mentioned actually kev when you when you think oh i wish this button was a bit more raised it needs a nipple and um he had um Jeremy Baker has four nipples yeah. on, on his GFX, and yeah. two of them, I'm sure it was four, was it three? Two, well, anyway, four. Two, two in red, two in yellow, okay. And and they were really, there was a little rounded, I said, where do you get those? So I, I thought it might be something that special that Fujifilm uh, sell or something. He said, no, it's this thing called uh, Sugru, S-U-G-R-U. Have you heard of it? Yeah, I used to have Sugru stuff on my cameras before. Yeah. Um, Did it work uh, for you? Yeah, it, it does work actually really very well. But however, in those days, the, the, certainly when I was doing it, they only had black. I didn't think you could get different colours and stuff. You can now, yeah. Funky. yeah. Yeah. So, so Sugru comes in yellow and red and brown and orange and pink and blue and green. I think I'm just about to go into a song. Um, the, it's, mo- <laughs> it's called Moldable Glue. And yeah, that's so, it. It's very good, actually. But the, I had one problem. I used to have them on my Canon cameras, yeah. right? Because they had the same problem. Didn't have very many. Didn't have any, enough nipples. Right. Um, okay. And I remember taking it off once, and it pulled the whole button out of the camera. No. Yeah. Right. So right. Uh, just just be a little careful when you're taking it off. I well, I did say to him, that, "How do you get them off the buttons?" Because that that was uh, a concern of mine. He said, "You get you get a, a knife, and you kind of you mm. chip away a bit, and it just pings off. Hopefully, without the button, obviously." <laughs> yeah. I, I probably I just grabbed it with my claw-like fingers and just tugged it. Yeah. Should we put a link on the website? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can get it. You can get it anywhere, Sugru. It's 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 pretty easy to find. But yeah, yeah very good. Multiple glue. It right. comes. It comes with a sort of um, a disclaimer that if it brings a button uh, out of your machine or your camera, rather, don't blame us. Blame or Jeremy. Come out in a rash. Yeah, blame. Jer- <laughs> oh, you've come out in a rash here. Yes. Blame Jeremy. Uh, yeah. Michael, Marin, Neil, and Kevin. Hope you're still flying under the COVID radar. Oh, we are. Do you know the other day, Kev? I I did. Yes. Uh, I, I, I just yeah. I I did um in um. In our patron, <laughs> I did a piece called, um, or my one rather, in Photography Daily, I did a piece um, called Dodging Bullets, because that's what it feels like at the moment. Do you, do you feel that when you go to a wedding, you're thinking, right, but I'm, I'm wearing my mask, please, just, oh, just, do you, do you feel, there's, there's sort of, for me, I've got two weddings coming up this weekend, and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, dodge the bullets, Neil, dodge the bullets. 
I have to say, I didn't feel... I've only had one wedding, which was last weekend, um, and I didn't feel that way because the venue were very, very good. They were really organised. Um, everybody was sat down. You know, They all had their masks on when they moved around. They weren't allowed to go to the bar, yeah. all that kind of stuff. There was no dancing. So it was... Uh, you know, the wet, the clients absolutely had a lovely day, and it was, it was still a very lovely wedding, um, but different. So I, I didn't feel like that at that wedding. However... I did go to London and I had to get, I had to, you know, you know what it's like, right? 15 months of waiting to, to get back to workshops and weddings and everything. So the night before my first workshop in London, I went to the car, um, to take Albi to football and the car pinged up. It said, you need, you need some urea, you know, that ad blue stuff you've got sticking modern cars now, that blue stuff that stops the cars killing the trees and stuff. And I was like, did you really have to wait? Like, could you not have told me maybe on the weekend or in the previous 15 months, did you have to wait until 9 p.m. the night before I'm getting up at 5 a.m. to go to London? Because the car's just, it'll just stop. Oh, does it? It's not like, here's a warning, you need to get it in the next week. No, 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 you do get enough time. I think you get, on our cars, you get, uh, because you've got the same as me, I think you get 80 miles, and then it will just stop. Because it's a legal requirement. Is this diesel, Kev? What, what... It's not diesel. It's called AdBlue. So, you know, oh, no, you've got no. a petrol car. I've got a you? petrol car. Yeah. Oh, you wouldn't have it then. Yeah. So yeah. diesel cars have it. It's next to the pet, uh, next to the diesel tank, and it's right. a little blue cap. It's easy enough to find, but at nine o'clock on a on a you know Monday evening, it's yeah. in, and you live in rural Wiltshire, it's not the easiest thing to find. Anyway, what, what did you pour in? Some beer. Does that help? <laughs> I put some uh, brew dog <laughs> some in brew there. Brew dog yeah. in there. It's good as. But gold. I sorted that, and then I got up at five in the morning. I got got in my car, turned the radio on, checked the traffic, all that kind of stuff. Of course, no problems with traffic. However, Richmond station. No trains from Richmond Station because of flooding. Oh, I'm like, so my car's giving me jip. Uh, the travel problems are back. Flooding. It's like the 15th of July or whatever it was. You know, yeah, I'm know. like, this country is getting right on my monsoon season, it's- Kev. I'll just, I'll just rescue there. Monsoon season. Yes, and, then, and so then I ended up getting on the overground yeah. with about ten thousand other people who couldn't get on the underground face to face. That yeah. made that made me feel a bit uncomfortable. See, there we are, dodging uh, bullets. Yeah, that was dodging bullets, I think. And then, and then we, everybody was wearing a mask, though. It's really funny because everybody's trying not to hold on to the railings and things on the train. So, you know, when the train driver has a bit of a hiccup and, and the whole train shudders forward and nobody's holding on to anything, then you all everybody's in each other's laps. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I try and engineer that, to be honest. <laughs> in the old days. <laughs> okay. And then they, um, they got off the train then at Waterloo and literally everybody just disappeared in a puff of smoke. There was no one in London. No. It was empty. Absolutely oh. empty. They must have all just gone to their offices and, you know, and, and got in the showers and stuff. But it was just like, boom, gone. Nobody. Well, it, uh, only at the, I know what you mean about, about public transport, but at a wedding, obviously, where people are saying, are trying to be as normal as they possibly can and saying, well, it's all right, it, you know. We're going to try and, you know, avoid everybody wearing masks. We don't want lots of photos with people wearing masks. So it's kind of, it all goes a bit to pot, really, doesn't it? Well, I suppose it comes down to the venue, doesn't it? Ultimately, well, it does, the, yeah. the venue I was at was very, well, you know, yeah, but just was on it. They were really on it. You wait then till you work, you're working at a venue in, in you know, in a, nice, in a field or, or something like that. And, and the rules go out the window. Yeah, but it's over now, isn't it? It's the 19th today. It's mm. Freedom Day. Freedom Day. Well, we're saying that, but of course, uh, um, we're recording this just a few days before, but uh, uh, have there been any changes? Does future person know? Are we wrong? Um, I actually, I, I will personally carry on wearing masks um, yeah. in enclosed spaces. Yeah. 
myself just for a little longer i i do know i i know a i don't really know whether we should discuss this but what the hell i do know quite a few people who have been double jabbed with covid and are, are pretty unwell double jab with covid they've been double jabbed oh double jab okay. covid right. and they're, they're oh. pretty un, i would say pretty unwell well our ne- yeah our next door neighbor's crook with it at the moment mm. and he he's he was double jabbed and uh, he says he feels really under the weather yeah, I guess it just means that he would have felt even more under the weather. God, yeah. So, yeah. you know, none of the people I, I know are, are kind of, you know, they're just in bed. They're, they're not, not hospitalised or anything. No, 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 none of that. They're just, uh, they're, 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 they're of not just, there's no such thing as just, but they've got, you know, really... They don't feel very well. No. Yeah. Well, get well to them soon. If you're checking in with them, check in, Kev. Take them a brew dog. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going, name, not going anywhere near them. They can keep themselves to themselves. Thank you very much. We should go back to Michael Marin's question. I hope you're flying under the COVID radar. Do you, <laughs> do, you, do you have any thoughts on the merits of EVF versus OVF? Do you have a personal preference and why? Well, I, I, with the X-Pro1, I, I do actually use OVF quite a lot. I quite like that. Mm. Um and very rarely would I do that with the X100V, though. No. No. So the OVF, uh, obviously, those of you who don't have a, either an X-Pro or an X100 won't know what an OVF is. It's, well, you might do it. It's an optical viewfinder. So you've got two options in those cameras. You can, there's a little toggle on the front where you can switch between optical viewfinder, electronic viewfinder, or a hybrid of both. And, yeah, the X-Pro1, X-Pro2, uh, X100, X100S, I use the optical viewfinder a lot because the electronic viewfinder is a little bit laggy still yeah yeah but now i mean the electronic viewfinder for me kind of outweighs the optical viewfinder in the modern cameras and the later cameras because it's you know it's real time there's no lag whatsoever and uh you know you you see what you're going to get whereas an optical viewfinder is a bit like using a dslr where you're you're looking through the lens so it's not necessary you're not going to see the film simulation you're not going to see exactly the same uh, that you're going to get so uh yeah for me nowadays it's mostly uh electronic viewfinder i do sometimes switch to the optical viewfinder on the x pro 3 for the dancing um i'm just about to say that's a good time for it isn't it yeah, yeah. for the really low light stuff yeah, I, I kind yeah. of sometimes do that just because it's easier for me to see and you don't get kind of the the weird lights and grain and mm. stuff that you might see in the in the viewfinder mm. certainly when i was using the x pro 2s um at weddings with flash on the dance floor it would always be ovf always mm. so i could see yeah so yeah um there we go michael thank you very much your go kev uh kirk vogel uh, he said uh, how many cameras is too many <laughs> <laughs> i used to think i had gas uh, but actually i've managed to separate work tools yeah. xt3s and xh1 and personal work tools x100f and xpro2 yeah. it does seem like it takes an eternity when it comes to cleaning and updating firmware i never seem to have this many bodies uh when i had canon when he worked in newspapers in those days so right. how many cameras is too many cameras well kev you've got every single one of your x100s i mean i i love that picture you have you you put it on instagram and and also well, i saw it the other day in the studio great uh, it's like a sam uh, a sort of club sandwich of x100s that picture isn't it yeah that was the first one i ever did with the the, the um, pixel shift on the gfx 100 oh, was so it's it? actually a 480 megapixel picture that good heavens no wonder it looks so good large yeah 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 it's great so yeah you kept all of that i don't think you've got rid rid of any cameras have you apart from yeah i got rid of i sold some xt2s i sold uh my xe2s i sold some xt i sold an xt30 uh yeah i've sold a few um 
yeah, I do have a lot of cameras. Tim Wallace, so, Tim Wallace, the uh, the the extraordinary photographer um, with the the aircraft and the and the cars. Mm. I, I spoke to him recently, and he he claims the well. I'm not going to say claims like I don't believe him. I believe him entirely. Is I he think, a politician? No. <laughs> Let's be clear about this. <laughs> no, he's not. Uh, he's got seventy. He's kept seventy two cameras from his life. Never got rid of one. I'm sure he said seventy two. It was definitely seventy. Yeah, I, 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 there's something to, to, um, you know, to. I like that idea. It's yeah. just sometimes you have to sell them to buy new ones, you know. But if you're in the position, I, I, I'd like to have done that also. Um, you know, I've kept all of the ones that are personally important to me. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's why not. If you can do it, I would do it. Don't keep the bloody boxes though. <laughs> how many, how many cameras do you think you have at the moment? Do a sort of rough sort. Of- Cal- calculation for us of how, how many you including my my retro film ones yeah. which i never use probably 20 22 wow that's quite a lot of cameras kev oh yeah i've got a lot of cameras do they all work <laughs> yeah 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 oh i had some i put that picture on instagram on the weekend of my camera bag yeah uh, i wedding. saw that yeah <laughs> uh, like two and a half thousand likes i know and it was <laughs> just a load of beaten up cameras in a bag <laughs> and uh i did get some abuse as usual i had some stuff on instagram direct messenger um you, you know you you're a disgrace <laughs> one guy said you're a disgrace you should not be encouraging people to do that with their cameras no he it's all right for you you get everything for free surely didn't mean that seriously <laughs> yeah he did yeah really? he was really angry oh come on and i had a couple on facebook as well um on, on my per, on my pro, on my um, public facing business page <laughs> and i was like uh Somebody had said this to me recently, so I can't remember who to credit for, but I did like it. I just I just replied to them now saying, yeah. they're tools, not jewels. Oh, I like that, Kev. <laughs> oh, I could see that as a T-shirt. Yeah. But, yeah, you're, uh, it's frustrating sometimes when you when you get more uh, likes on a – I know we're talking about the currency of likes, and both of us say it's not about the likes. But in terms of when you see a picture that you've posted that's one of – you know, it's taken you a – a fair amount of skill to to gather in a documentary sense when you be making the photograph and you think oh i like that and it gets you know x number of likes and then you put up a picture of beaten up cameras in a bag and it gets twice as many yeah no absolutely it it, it, it just makes me chuckle really i i I, i'm not complaining about it at all it's all good but it's uh yeah it is one of those those uh funny quirks of life isn't it it just it does prove to you though that the um uh, there's a hashtag called camera porn hashtag camera porn right and that has like millions of followers and likes and it's you yeah. know people like it you know it's it's a bit like car people isn't it i suppose and yeah. for a vast yeah. majority of people yeah. cameras are a hobby and something they enjoy and so they like looking at them and, and seeing what other people do in them i've never thought of camera. it i've never thought of it that way you know and you're right because those ca- those car sites people mm. look at just anything don't they wheel hubs yeah <laughs> it was yeah exactly. oh, like your wheel hub yeah. five thousand yeah. likes yeah 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 yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah but, you know it, it is what it is but but it's the it, it does make me chuckle when um you know you get kind of only one like nowadays it, it's 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 very rare but people do sometimes get a bit angry with me when i just put a picture of my back yeah. <laughs> with my cameras in it and i'm like so one, one person said to me that's not true you've taken everything out you've taken the flash and the dividers out and just taken that picture <laughs> I was like, "Why the fuck would I do that?" You don't do that, do you? What you get, what, what you see, is what you get with Kev. I didn't. Even there wasn't have anything else I, in there. I thought there might be an old sandwich or something. But was- no, no. Oh, sorry, in the back compartment, I do have. Um, there is a back compartment where I have like a um, old sandwich, spare camera strap, right. and some. Uh, the batteries are in the front, but yeah. yeah, there's nothing else in in the thing. The spare lenses and everything are in the side. 
and that was it you know so x so i shot that yeah that first wedding x pro 3 xt3 oh no x pro 3 x pro 2 uh, X100V I had on that day. Yeah, yeah that's what, what I had. What's the strangest left field thing you, that you take with you as a spare that might even be something you keep in the car, but what, what's the most left field thing that you take? Uh, well, in terms of equipment spares... So it doesn't um, have to be equipment. It can be something that you think is vital to your job that without it, you'd be a bit... It would be a bit difficult to, to do your job. Uh, I would say the, the little clip thing that I use for yeah. the spider holster, those little bolts... I've got a few of them. Yeah, I've got a few of those. Um, which means you have to take a, a monkey wrench, whatever they call it, a spanner. Yeah, and what know. about the belt? See, that's the, the, I think the most... I, I know what you mean by that, the clips and the spider for the spider belt thingy. Yeah. Um, but um, I take a, a spare belt, an actual spare belt, because if you leave home and you haven't got a belt, mm. you just put the trou- your trousers and your, and your shirt on, you think, oh, what's all this thing gonna ha- these things going to hang off today? Yeah. I have yeah, had to go into town to... to yeah, I've had to go into town to buy, yeah, buy a belt. You got I a belt? Just, I, I want any belt. That'll do. Well, there's some stuff I just have in the car. You know, like there is a belt kicking around somewhere in the car, and yeah. uh, probably a spare shirt and things like that. Um, but yeah, you're right. You, you, things like that are, are, yeah. are important. Right. Um, is it? Was it your question or mine? No, you'll go. Right. Um, Kev and Neil, as documentary wedding portrait and event photographers, what's your thought on using? Well, it's funny because you mentioned it. Flash. When and how do you use one, if ever at all? Indoor, outdoor, night reception, really dark places, cave, a cave, or some unusual places? Jeff Petrie. I don't use flash. <laughs> you never used it, Kev. You do now because... Oh, you, I have in the yeah. past. I don't, I've got my little Lumimuse LED light. But that's, that's not flashed. Uh, I, don't use, I don't take a flash, no. I don't even take it. I have, obviously, because I've got bought everything that, that's ever existed. I do have one somewhere. I've got the... the um, Godox something, Godox, whatever. Yeah. Uh, there's, uh, what's that? I'm looking for it now. It's in my cupboard somewhere. The really small little cube uh, flash that uh, Fujifilm sell. Oh, what's that one? Oh, the XF... Is it XF4? Um, uh, I can't find it. It's in here somewhere. Oh, yeah. look, there's a 35mm. Where did that come from? Um, that's brilliant. I set, I use that, and I set that on, usually on manual, and uh, some little... Triple A batteries go in it, and it seems to go forever. It's really good, and it, it sort of it, it it's pretty quick to to be ready for the next shot as well. It's a and do you, do you connect that via one of the old OC8 Canon cables? I do. do you, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. exactly what I do. Um, stretchy cable, and away you go. It's so light. You don't sometimes you, you you feel like you've just got your arm in the air because you're obviously trying to trying to separate the two. You know the 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 flash mm. from the the front of the lens, and you think, oh, just I'm. People must think I've just got my hand in the air or something. I want to ask a question because it's light and you can hardly see it until it goes. Ba-dum. Can I go for a wee? Can yeah. I go for a wee? <laughs> can I leave the dance floor? That's a really good bit of kit, and I use that quite a lot. Yeah. And that's quite powerful as well. That's a uh, yeah, bit bit like you though. I don't use flash too much, and I do like those little Lumi muses. Yeah, I've had to buy a new one actually because when I was doing my workshop last week, I was showing the the old one and I dropped it on the floor oh. and exploded into a thousand pieces. They're not they're not that strong if you drop them, are they? The, although I have had that one, I had that one for I must have had it six years. So I put that on my little shelf of love, in in all its little bits. So I won't throw it out. I'll keep it. It still works. It just it just doesn't have any plastic around it. So. <laughs> 
So if it's broken, you wouldn't throw it away, Kev. You keep it as a sort of. I'm going to keep that one as a souvenir, yeah, because it, okay, it's been with me all around the world. That little light. I know, but it's ha- it's hardly got the sort of um, you know the story of. I suppose it has if it's been around the world with you. But I was thinking like Don McCullen's camera that was shot. <laughs> no, no, yeah, versus, definitely not quite versus like that. M- Mullins Lumimuse that was dropped on the floor. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I had to buy a new one, um, and they're quite difficult to get hold of now. It seems it must, maybe, right. maybe they've discontinued them or whatever. No. I don't know. But have you got the six? Is it the six bulb or the? Is it the? I, I used eight. to have the six bulb, but yeah. I've moved up. I've, I've moved up to the eight bulb. Have you? Is it yeah. a lot? Is it a lot more powerful? I don't think it's more powerful. Uh, I mean, I think it's got a bigger spread. I don't think it's stronger in terms of like noticeably stronger in terms of light. I yeah. think it's just a wider, wider throw. But yeah, I, pff, I don't know. I haven't used it yet, obviously. Well, actually, I will have used it by the time this goes out. <laughs> a strange time shifting show that we have. Right, shall we talk to uh, one of our... Well, he's a friend of the show, actually, and and also somebody that I've been meaning to talk to for a while now, um, Matt Searles. And because he literally wears many hats, let's start by trying to unpick the, the different roles he has in his life and, and how that works when it comes to making pictures. So, Matt, I need to get some sort of handle on this. What What's your relationship to photography and your full-time occupation? How do, how do they both work hand in hand? Yeah, it's a bit, little bit of a complex situation that um, I seem to have got myself into down here. Um, I'm a cafe owner in a very rural part of New Zealand. And one of the things that, uh, that happens down here is that you can sometimes be a mail contractor when you own another business. So when we bought our cafe three years ago, I inherited a New Zealand Post rural mail route with the cafe. And that's been my real photographic outlet ever since, really. Uh, I'm very fortunate in that my mail route takes me up to some of the most fantastic countryside in this part of New Zealand. So most of my photography now happens when I'm basically delivering the mail. So, I mean, do, do the people treat you that, you that you photograph, that is? Do they treat you as, as Matt the photographer or Matt the mailman? It's a bit of an interesting dynamic that one because everybody knows that i'm a photographer so they kind of treat me like that but at the same time i have this kind of relationship with them that i'm the cafe owner mailman <laughs> so i could be the guy who's serving them beer on a bit at our licensed cafe on a friday night but then earlier in the day i would have taken them a parcel <laughs> it's kind of weird <laughs> <laughs> what are you best at pulling the pints uh, taking the photos or delivering the mail don't answer that one you, you you've got possibly as you suggest the best canvas in the world from which to make your work haven't you i mean when i look at the pictures on your your website which we'll of course link to in the in the show page today frankly it looks like something out of a movie yeah well actually well funnily enough you should say that because the top end of the valley was actually used in the lord of the rings so it really is a movie set kind of country yeah it's incredible oh i'm just so incredibly fortunate to to basically do it on a you know five times a week and to see it in all its glory and uh and all of the changing weather systems it's yeah it's it's really quite stunning because you, you mentioned the change of weather systems on uh, on your home page for example this gorgeous picture of um, it is it is probably my favorite one of you I want to come back to it because i want to talk about horizons in a moment but, <laughs> but the one of the um we've discussed it i think in the uh, in, in in the facebook group the one of the sheep um looks like a thousand sheep coming up the road towards you it's not much mail being delivered that day um it is very close to one where you look like you're on the top of a mountain 
and the snow and and the change of 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 the seasons is just gorgeous yeah that was a um that was a fun fun um shot that one i actually took it basically over my shoulder with my x pro 3 so it was pretty much a no look shot so quite happy with it really <laughs> so do you, do you get much time i mean when you say you over the shoulder do you mean that you don't always get enough time to stop and compose and do what you want to do because if these are over the shoulder shots i'm giving up today well, I kind of often do a very kind of weird drive-by shooting, I think it's fair to say. Most of the time, I do tend to get out of the vehicle, but I don't tend to travel very far away from the vehicle. And most shots, some shots I will take from the driver's seat, particularly when you're dealing with things like sheep. They're very easily spooked, so I often find it's easier to just remain in the vehicle and um, and just let them do their thing and I do my thing. And yeah, and it's, so that shot in particular um i was actually coming back from the mail run and i'm climbing up over the hills and i saw the shepherds basically running the sheep up the hill so i yeah. saw him in my rearview mirror and and basically yeah did a kind of over the shoulder shot and did the composition basically using my rearview mirror as a guide yeah, um one of those times i actually wish the old um flippy screen on the x pro 3 would have popped up the top it would have made it a lot easier it's it's a funny thing it's sometimes you're you are kind of stuck in the seat and other times you know you, you very much do need to get out and about particularly when you're flying a drone for instance although i've also done that from the from the seat of the the van as well so. yeah because you do use drone photography within your work don't you? um what what, yeah. what what let's talk about the kit then so we've got the x pro 3 <laughs> i know you've got a gfx as well and you've got the yeah i actually uh I, i've sold the G, the x pro 3 now when oh. i moved over to gfx um so that's my primary camera now but i do also have still have an xh1 which I use, and um, and I find that that is particularly good when I'm using long lenses, and I just need a bit of stabilisation because mm. I'm I'm using basically third-party lenses, old vintage uh, zoom lenses. So the XH1 comes in really handy for that. When it comes to drone, I'm using a DJI Mini 2, which is a tiny little thing, and it's the thing I love about it is it's really easy. I can basically take it off from my palm, leaning out of the window of the van, and also because it's so small, it doesn't spook um, livestock too much. Mm which is a real bonus yeah um some of the bigger drones yeah just tend to tend to give them a wee bit of a fright can you fly that in any kind of wind because some of these places uh, a lot of it's very mountainous the places you go to and and um of course they they need to be reasonably stable yeah it's pretty good although we do tend to get a lot of wind up the valley so i got called out the other day when i was just trying to be a bit smart to getting a few shots from you know basically bird eye view looking down and and before i knew it my my drone was traveling backwards at a fair rate of knots and i was thinking i was going to have to carry a landing onto the road but i managed to get it back which was good but yeah it sometimes is a wee bit tricky but usually you can kind of pick the days when you know you're going to be able to fly but mountain territory it, it really does it shifts a lot so you can get caught out every now and again if you're yeah and i think i was the end of the day i was kind of desperate to get a shot well, mesopotamia <laughs> is is quite the legend in people's minds isn't it tell me about this place tell, because you do mention that people uh, that, that for you uh, actually it's a very it's a very mindful experience yeah very much so um i mean for me because i have this kind of dual existence of being a 
cafe owner and a mailman photographer the time when i'm out on the mail run is pretty much put aside as my photography time so it's at that point that i am able to detach myself from the other cares of the world as, as it were and and because of the epic nature of the landscape it doesn't allow you to kind of switch off and be very much in the moment yeah mesopotamia itself is is quite a special place it's it's kind of one of the very first high country stations in canterbury new zealand its history is long for this country which you know whose english-speaking history is rather short so it's it's kind of a place of legend you know where tough shepherds made it through all weathers and uh, it's a yeah you very much feel that kind of pioneering spirit because it is so isolated so mentioning the shepherds actually there, there's a there's a little bit of uh, photojournalism creeping into your work as well it's not it's not just all great big vistas you seem to quite enjoy spending time with those that uh, that work on the land. There's a great one at the uh, sheep shearing station uh, of, of the of of the the guys and the girls all, all at work here. Yeah, I I kind of describe myself sometimes as a rural street photographer, and sometimes I'm a landscape photographer, and other times I'm very much that kind of rural documenter. Uh, I, the person I kind of look to for a lot of my inspiration was James Revillius, basically, and mm. his body work is a great inspiration of what you can do in a very small area and trying to document the the daily life of people within that area and also the landscape that's that's there and that's one thing that james did particularly well he had that wee corner of north devon that really in about the same size as my mail run he was probably even less than that actually that he was he was working and that was the sole inspiration for his content of well you know the all of the photographs that he created and so for me that kind of attitude is um you know it's really important it's a big inspiration as well how do you manage to keep fresh how do you manage to make sure that that um i mean i know you've got got a lot a lot to photograph there but you could um you could easily come back to the same things over and over you haven't you you make sure you don't yeah i try to where i can i mean there's some things where you know there are really good viewpoints that you can come back to and there will be times when it will look completely different depending on what the weather is doing and there's also new compositions that you can find from certain places but i guess one of the things that i really love about taking the camera with me on the mail run is that every day is a new opportunity to see something new you know and every time i jump in the car and and you know i take that drive up the road i'm always thinking okay what's new today what's different from yesterday and uh i guess that's where that whole kind of pj thing really comes in too you know that you are always thinking about where's the story today and also what's what's in my heart today what's what do i feel what do i want to capture do i want to capture movement or do i want to capture still life yeah so that's yeah all of those things i kind of take into account i I tell you what you make me want to i I don't know become a truck driver with a camera because you know when you (laughs) when you're out there on the open road you think there's a story there's a story there's a story Uh, um i would i would imagine being the mailman with with a camera there can't be many by the way mail mail mailmen in the world that uh, are traveling around with their gfx on the uh on on the, on, the, on the passenger seat it, it's it's drawn a, a bit of attention hasn't it you've you've had some you've had some press yeah it's i think it's one of those things that has kind of captured people's imagination not only with with the landscape that you traverse through which is which is really kiwi and there's a lot of that I- iconic landscape that, that people are used to merino rams and golden tussock blowing in the wind you know that kind of thing really uh, it kind of strikes a chord with a lot of people who have that tie to rural new zealand so yeah, I, I kind of feel that it's something that people can relate to. But also the, the other thing I think that really 
that I've really noticed is that the people of the valley have really embraced it and they're very happy to share my work and talk about it and it's just a wonderful thing it really is and in many ways i kind of feel that i'm doing it for them as as much as i am for myself and everybody else on the outside looking in well that that's just a bonus really so what's the eventual aim for the work then matt what's 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 the outlet for it do you think you'll do some exhibitions uh, i mean over here pandemics have of course have ripped apart the exhibition world over the over the last 15 16 17 months but of course you've had a you've had a very different journey in new zealand very different journey yeah and we it's one thing that we kind of feel grateful for every day but i've got family back in the uk so when i speak to them it really comes home um and uh, covid has touched our family as well so yeah it's one of those things that i'm very mindful of and i do feel that we've kind of lived in our own wee bubble that has been really literally on the other side of the world and we we haven't really had a, a clue of what's going on but life goes on pretty normal for us and i i really do think that we don't take it for granted though well what about um, what about the exhibiting then what, what about uh, taking this taking this on tour yeah well i had a exhibition locally in geraldine um back in 2019 the exhibition was called land of the close sky which is basically what the word rangitata from the maori translate to is the the land of the close sky and i had around about 20 images that i selected from effectively my first 18 months of doing the mail run another 18 months on (laughs) three years uh three years down the track and a whole new body of work as well so it's one of those things i kind of feel that i can always revisit and there may well be other ways that i can kind of take the imagery and, and and put it into either exhibitions or i'm looking at maybe some books about moving into that kind of sphere as well maybe doing some self-publishing um i'm looking at a few options at the moment but i'd, I'd also like to do a wider project mm. which takes in more of the south island and new zealand in terms of rural photography so yeah i don't know how i'm going to fit that in but yeah, that's kind of my long-term plan, is to basically morph Mount Messi into something just a wee bit wider. I assume those that are in charge of uh, the mail office, or, or whatever it's officially called, um, uh, are, are quite happy with what, you, what you're doing, because, uh, you, I mean, you do say the, the mail time is photo time. I, I, I assume they're happy to share. Yeah, I mean, that's the great thing. I'm, I'm an individual contractor, so I pretty much do things on my time. Um, although I, it's one of those things that I'm always very mindful of the amount of time I'm spending on the run because I have my other business. You know, for three of the days I'm doing the mail, the cafe is still open. So if I'm not at the cafe, I'm on the mail run. And if I'm on the mail run, I'm thinking of maybe I should be back at the cafe. So that does kind of speed me up a little. But for those days when we're not open at the moment on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, then that's very much my time to take my time where possible and, and maybe get those shots that require me to spend a bit more time, maybe put the camera on the tripod and fly the drone a bit more and not so much leaning out of the window <laughs> of the van, really. Um, it, it might feel a, a bit crass, this this question, because there are so many pictures of, of these beautiful vistas. And I must admit, if if I were to just transport in right now, I'd be lost. I'd be thinking, oh my God, I could spend the next three years here and I'd, I'd, I'd have something to photograph every moment. But um, do you have any particular favourites? Any moments where you've thought, my heavens, Matt, I'm the luckiest mailman in the world? Yeah, quite a few times I, I really do think that I'm just so, so lucky. Uh, I think the ones that I take the most amount of pride of is where something as unexpected that's happened that i've just happened to be there at the at the right time or you know that kind of happenstance when you you pull into the yards and then there's a shearing gang there and it's like right okay 
game on let's let's get the camera and let's get some shots of the guy cheering you know they may well be drenching the sheep or or you know crutching anything else like that it's kind of like i basically get in the van and i don't know what i'm going to be facing every day i go up the road the only thing i do know is i'm traveling the same road same distance and dropping off at the same places but i don't know what's happening along the way while i'm doing it so i think those times when i do happen upon those moments which are just that little bit special i think they're the ones that i've you know that I, I really take pride in capturing yeah well, thanks to matt sells for talking with us on the show this week i recommend you go visit his website which we will link to on the show page at fujicast.co.uk uh, which uh, kev diligently builds each week i'll also link to james revilius in case uh, you've never visited his work um over on my other podcast this week photography daily alongside the the interviews and features of a wednesday that we have uh, and i thought following matt it it'd be um, appropriate to mention this we go on a friday photo walk every week which is as the name suggests a walk in the countryside. Well, it doesn't have to be countryside, but ours generally are. With a microphone, a mailbag, thoughts about your photography, the sounds around us, a sort of um, challenge halfway through called First Thing That You See, and uh, juicy excerpts from a, a, a library of 100 guests imparting their advice and thoughts. It, um, it really is headphones on, grab your camera, and come walking. And it's on Fridays on Photography Daily, available wherever you get your podcasts. We don't think there's anything else quite like it in, in podcast sphere. And, and, and we publish your, your photo walk pictures on our show page for each episode. Right, back to your questions. Here is one from... Oh, we've got Book of the Week coming up as well, by the way. Which today, Kev, is... Wildflowers, Joel Merwitz. Yeah. Um, here's one from Vic Rivers in Fort Lauderdale. I had to look that up, actually. Um, oh, Fort... I thought that was his name. No, 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 no. Vic Rivers in Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> That's a, uh, so long. No, he lives in Fort Lauderdale, Kev. But uh, I, I... Is that near Mesopotamia? <laughs> no, Swindon. Um, I had to look it up. You're now voted less safe than Miami. I mean, that's a story in itself, isn't it? My, I always thought my, Miami is one of those places I'd love to go to, but people do say, watch yourself in Miami, don't they? Not a vice there. <laughs> oh, Kev, you're so 90s. <laughs> um, hi, Kev. Hi, Neil. Love the show. Yada, yada. I have something that's been bugging me for a long time about photography and photographers. Strap yourselves in, everybody. It's a, it's a word um, that's almost as overused as the one Neil hates. Which one do I hate? Kevin. <laughs> it's not said. I suppose it means awesome. Awesome, yeah, yeah. definitely. Whilst I, I get a story can develop on a wedding day, or a story can develop certainly in news coverage, and a story can happen on a sports field, it's become a hijacked word to describe every genre going, it seems. A story does not develop when you're photographing a burger on a plate unless you're going to wait for weeks for the contents to rot and become life in some other form. A a story does not develop when you're shooting a T-shirt on a floor. In a a story is a cohesive set of images, say a triptych, where things are changing and moving to a conclusion, or perhaps even just one image with a lot going on within it. That's a story, but really a story is not a picture of food. Um, Please would people stop saying story when it's simply a great picture. And if I can have another bonus question, well, we'll have that in a second. Um, what do you think about the story thing, first of all, Kev? Uh, oh, I blame Jack and Ori for that. <laughs> it is quite an overused word, actually, isn't it? You know, people yeah, do storyteller yeah. is, yeah, yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I, I kind of agree. I have to say that 
I totally agree that a story can be in one picture, um, but it, there does need to be elements in that frame that are making you, you know, understand what's going on. I, I, I have to say that I haven't really come across too many people who are like product photographers or editorial photographers who refer to themselves as storytellers. Well, they don't, but maybe, yeah, maybe they, I'm just not seeing it. I don't think they refer to themselves necessarily as that, but they do. They do talk about story in food photography, don't they? Here's the the, the story. Yeah, I, I've seen. I've definitely seen it. Vic's right. I've seen it. Mm, but, but it, don't know. Yeah, I mean, I agree with him in principle for sure. I just don't 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 think I've seen that kind of terminology used overly used. But yeah, there is a lot of. I see it on a lot of wedding photographers' websites um, mm. where they, uh, you know, they kind of, their big opening line is, you know, creative, emotional storyteller. Um, and that's fine if you are a creative, emotional storyteller. But if you're not, if you, you know, if you, if you, if you take portraits all day long, then, you know, it's not really creative, emotional storytelling. It's portrait right. photography. But, you know, within a, could be a story in there, could be mm. creative, could be emotional. So who am I to say? What's his bonus question? Um, what is all this talk about Instagram being less interested in pictures? Oh, my word. <laughs> uh, it's a question that we deal with um, probably in all our, all, all our feeds and blogs and podcasts. And if we were doing YouTube at the moment, we'd probably be talking about that, wouldn't we? Instagram. What, what was the question again? Why is Instagram well, less interested in pictures? No, there's a lot of talk about Instagram being less interested in, in the pictures now. What will that mean oh. for the platform? Oh yeah, well, we had this last week, yeah, didn't we? we? Did, so Instagram, didn't we? Yeah. the head of Instagram um, fella did a blog post or something saying that they're they're going to be focusing more on um, instant video. So yeah. basically, tickety tock, and uh, they're going to try and emulate that. So yeah, it, it looks like I, I cannot imagine for the life of me that you know you won't still be able to put images on there they already started this process if if you think about uh, around about six months ago everybody woke up and went well hang on i've pressed my upload picture button on instagram and it's taken me to a, a selfie screen so they switched the buttons around yeah. so in order to add a still it's it's two clicks now rather than just press the plus at the bottom you now have to jump through a little hoop the default now is for it to is for it to for you to do a story an instagram story a story yeah, sorry. Um, so, yeah, they have started that that kind of motion. Um, and, and, you know, of course, well, that's where they're going to make more money, isn't it? You know, people are going to use it for advertising and then they'll charge for that. I, I, I expect that will happen. I think it'll be a very slow process. And I, 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 for one, am not at all worried. And I don't think that there will be a complete movement away from it. You're still going to get um, commercial clients, brides, uh, you know, people looking for burger storytelling photographers on Instagram. <laughs> you know, it's still going to be there. It's... Uh, uh, it's it's not a thing. I noticed on Twitter a lot of because uh, I, I actually read a lot on Twitter, but yeah, um, yeah. whole load last week or so, photographers jumping on, you know, saying, "Oh, I'm ditching Instagram. They're ditching us. I'm ditching Instagram. I'm coming back to to Twitter." And then I'm like, "Okay, go on in. Yeah, do, more, more do, for your, you. do your stuff. Do your stuff on Twitter." And then they just retweet the football scores or you know something like that. <laughs> like, it's it, not going to work for you. <laughs> it was a bit knee jerk. It's very difficult to find them. Um, I've been talking about this uh, a bit myself of late. Uh, another platform that um, can replace or, or emulate in any sense really what what uh, what Instagram does. There what um, I've been talking about a platform called Vero. Have you heard of Vero? V E R O. Yeah. I looked at it and it was very complicated and confusing. And even though it was launched in 2015, it never took off really. 
to any great degree. So, so you're thinking, well, you know, it, it's difficult being Pepsi to somebody's Coke. There was one, there was another one also released probably about the same time um, called, oh, I can't remember what it was called now, but it was called, it might have just been called The Gram or Gram something. It was uh, set up by an American guy. And it was almost identical to Instagram in that, you know, had to, in those days had the same feature set, but it was purely, totally non-rights grabbing. So, uh, you know, that, that was when everybody was worried that Instagram were going to sell your pictures for millions and not give you any money, which yeah. of course, they never did um you know and just didn't happen and so there was a there was a, another one set up which was very good and i did join it and i did use it and i i, I kind of was on part of their you know testing team if you like oh. but in the end the guy was just like yeah it's, it's you know it's just too hard you know nobody's nobody's going to do it you know and that's that's it isn't it it's better to be first than it is to be better do, do you think instagram will be around for a long time yet i'm sure you're going to stick with it it's still important because i know um in fact i think you mentioned it last week that it it's still a really strong driver of business for you yeah 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 it is yeah um, will your will uh, your will the way you use it change? I mean, people are now saying to show more of your personality or your, and I suppose in some respects, your beaten up old cameras in your bag. That's kind of it's a personality picture, isn't it? Really, it's character. Do you remember when I used to say, "Remember the social in social media"? Yeah. I've been I've been ex- saying this to people ever since this from day one. Be personal, uh, reply to comments, interact, just be yourself, stick pictures up of your kids, stick pictures up of your your camera bags, just post when you want to post rather than, than, than post every Tuesday morning because that's what it says on the on some business website that you, you must do. You know, just see it as a social media, social, 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 yeah. rather than seeing it as an advertising platform. If you see it as an advertising platform, it'll backfire, you'll get bored of it and then you'll, you know, you'll end up, it's fine for the big corporates who've got marketing teams looking after that kind of stuff but you know for us little people just yeah i I post when i want i talk on there i i reply to comments on other threads i i like pictures that i like um and that's it so i I like i like seeing things like your camera come up and um sometimes picture of what somebody's eating at a wedding (laughs) i think it's quite funny yeah exactly you know it's that's that's the whole point of it it's if you try and if you try and um make it too homogeneous then it's it's going to be well it will just be bland you know we'll be we'll be sterile and 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 i think you see that a lot you know when people some people are so concentrated on making their grid look yeah, perfect same colors or same whatever yeah. um how many times do you look at the grid of somebody's instagram page i, d- I do actually <laughs> quite like the grid you're weird but I, I very much doubt many people do right um and if you do look at the grid you know you're looking at that from an artist's point of view rather than from uh you know oh i, I want to buy his stuff kind of thing or her stuff point of view so yeah i mean just see it just be fun with it enjoy it well, I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't properly returned to instagram yet for for my uh certainly for my social photography and I, when i do i think i'm going to take a leaf out your book kev i'm going to start with the mountain of x100s yeah. <laughs> no, but I think yeah. I think that, a million likes. Flippancy aside, uh, I think you know show life where you're going, what you're doing, places that you pass as as you're on your way to a job, perhaps, or or where you're going to go and make some photographs, that kind of thing. Not not just the look at this amazing sort of um, you know signature image that I made, which which is uh, something I've fallen into. Uh, my grid is full of that. 
Yeah, but don't I wouldn't I wouldn't go down the route of thinking, you know, uh, I'm going to stop here because this picture on my way to this wedding is, might look good on Instagram. You know, if you stop and you take a picture because you're interested in it and then six weeks later you think, oh, I forgot about that picture, then yeah. fine. But, you know, as soon as you start getting into the, the realms of thinking, I need to get something, I want to get something that shows this off, you know, it'll be good for Instagram. If, ever, if it ever goes through your mind that it will be good for Instagram, then it probably won't be, you know, you, mm. you want to be thinking, oh, this will be, you know, this will this will be good for the people people that, that like my stuff you know i want them yeah. to see this this will be interesting rather than it'll be good for instagram and the and the um, algorithms and you know trying to get more likes and all that kind of stuff get yeah. your head in that 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 whole it's just a whole world of pain yeah right um should we have another question or should we go for the for the book cave how are we doing on time here um yeah go on let's have another question from from facebook okay this is from luke jones and uh, there's two questions here i'll start with the second one actually because the first one's a, a little bit off the off the beat um question two when post process uh, when post processing a vocal audio uh, and he puts in brackets probably a neil question which it is what should i be using i'm using uh resolve personally he says DaVinci Resolve presumably and have options for limiters and compression and it's all very alien to me yeah well I don't use DaVinci so I don't I don't know that that uh, particular interface but I do I mean we both do and I, I certainly would add a layer of compression in audition or, or certainly within Premiere if you're talking about film pri- um, uh, timelines the um, do you use the mastering Kev there's um, there's a yeah. there's a mastering there which is a great way of just making sure your levels are, you know not too high not too soft uh, ma- mastering is a really good way to do that so I use that quite a lot and I think that that adds a gloss to a when you listen to to YouTube films they're all over the shop when it comes to audio and you can tell somebody who has mastered either by using maybe the the um, Adobe package options either within Premiere or Audition or, or Audition, and those that haven't, where it just it's it's all over the shop, uh, and it's really important, I think. So mastering is something I use. So compression, you, yeah, I think compression is quite important when you're post processing. Definitely. What about things like limiters and stuff like that? You, you can get quite advanced with those things, can't you? Do you well, you them? can, of course. There's a, there's a, you know. Um, the mastering is is a form of limitation anyway because you can set um the output level of of course it's a bit it's a bit more it's a bit more brick wall than than doing something in a, a more subtle way mm. uh, within eq or something but yeah li- limiter i would definitely apply a limiter you don't want to be clipping no don't want to be clipping no like that. see that's just give it, no that's clicking Kev. <laughs> oh dear Okay, part one of his question was, uh, how does Fujifilm decide on who is an ex-photographer? Is it based on their work or more on their contribution to the community? Don't they throw all the names in the air and the one, the one that comes down last is the one that gets it? Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, well, actually, it's a it's 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 kind of an unknown, really, because uh, as, uh, in America, in the United States, you can apply to. Um, what have they called it? The um, ex ambassadors. Oh, it's slightly uh, different, isn't it? Yeah. Program or something. Yeah. So you you can apply for it. Uh, as far as I'm aware, in the rest of the world, and certainly in the UK at the moment, still at least, uh, this is my understanding. It's uh, you know they will approach you based on yes, of course they need to be impressed with your work, but also on your kind of uh, guessing ability to communicate with the um, community and and all of that kind of stuff. When I first became an ex photographer, which was a long time ago. They it kind of came to me because I was basically in the right place at the right time. You know, I was one of the first people using the X100. Yeah, early adopter. Yeah, early adopter. They, they were um, 
they wanted some pictures to use at what was then the photography uh, sorry um, focus on imaging i said yeah and then um and then the the marketing lady katie bless her um was said oh you know we've got this scheme do you, would you like to to be involved in it uh, so that that's how it happened but there was very few in those days so i was definitely lucky um i uh, if i was around now and not in the in the ambassadorial scheme probably i would yeah, just kind of be under the radar to them because mm. there is so many people using fujifilm stuff now and putting some amazing stuff out there i do less frequently now than i used to but i did, did used to regularly get emails from people saying can you put me in touch with the person who decides you know i want <laughs> to apply <laughs> and that that's a fair enough thing you know it is a fair enough thing um because you know it's, it is a nice thing to have on your on your cv but there is no kind of application process as such. There's, you know, I would, my advice would be tag Fujifilm on Instagram. Um, you know, don't push it though. Don't, don't, you definitely don't want to be obviously trying to, to get into that, that scheme. Does it look, um, look a bit too desperate if you do that? Sometimes it can look desperate. And, and, and the other thing I would say about it is uh, being an ex-photographer is, is a good thing. It's a blessing. It's uh you know, I'm, I'm eternally grateful for it. And if it ended tomorrow, I, I will, you know, I would, I, I will have had a great innings and, and forever be grateful for it. Um, but it can be hard work in some cases. You know, you do end up doing, you know, we had uh, some questionnaires we had to fill in the other day. Um, you know, you, you get asked to do stuff and they pay you, of course, which is good. But it's it's not just a badge of honor. Um, and, you know, I think I've said this before as well. Being an ambassador shouldn't be an ambition. It should be a reward. Yeah. Uh, if you have an ambition to be an ambassador, you have to think to yourself, why? Why do you want to be an ambassador? What's your what's your raison d'etre? Is it is it because you want to say to other people and, and you know, you, you, you can only answer this in your own head. Is it because you want to say to other people, I'm an ambassador? It looks good. Um, and if so, that's, you know, that's a little bit egocentric isn't it um and you know if that if it comes because you've built a good business you're hard working you you know you've, you've built a community or you've got you're, you're you're busy in the community and then a company comes to you regardless which company and says you know we really like you know we really like what you're doing would you like to you know to help us on future products all that kind of stuff then that's a reward and that's when when it when when i think it's 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 gone its circle and and you know you get what you get what you, what's justified then you know i'm going to say this because you won't but but uh, i also know that you would use this camera and, and if, if something came up that suited you better you've always said i will use it but casting that aside for a moment i know that even if fujifilm came and said kev mullins it's been good but we gotta run you would still be using those cameras tomorrow and you would not be one of those people who go back to another brand quite so easily um you, you'd i think remain loyal to something you you genuinely and, and i underline that genuinely love using yeah of course and you know i've seen we've seen that happen we there's there's a couple of quite high profile situations where yeah. people have been ambassadors and the moment they're not they've said oh great that's that's great i can, I can go back to using the cameras i really like now which is yeah. just disingenuous but yeah absolutely i mean going back to that instagram post of my camera and uh, you know had the uh 23 mil 1.4 um that i've had for i think eight years or whatever you know it's battered to bits and and yeah. you know it's, it's like yeah because i use it regularly all the time and i would carry on using it i would yeah i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna try something this week kev um if you're listening at the moment you can have a wry smile now I, i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna do a bit of clickbaiting, and in the title this week it's how to be a fujifilm ambassador how about that only because our, our wonderful wonderful regular listeners of which you are one of course 
Um, I wonder how many, um, how much additional interest will be drawn by talking about this, this holy grail of ambassadorial desire. And and I'll admit, Kev, I've had that myself at times. I really have. I've got, I've gotten over myself now, though. Um, I'm, but I am mildly intrigued as to whether the title would draw some additional interest. And perhaps there will be some, but I would also like to put a disclaimer in at this point. Neil does all of the titles. <laughs> I have nothing to do with them. So when you see that stuff, uh, even sometimes I raise some of my very substantially high raising eyebrows. You never say anything, Kev. You should tell me if you don't like well, them. That's your department, isn't it? Yeah. You're in the, the socks and underpants department. I'm in the... I'm in the long johns and, and short sleeve t-shirts department. It's very difficult, though. Can you imagine titling hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of podcasts? Think, what can I do with this? Honestly, I've said everything there is to be said. Um, but there we go. All right. We'll, we'll, there's this kind of cheeky nod on that one. A cheeky nod. Take it as a cheeky nod. Nothing more than that. Um, right. Are we ready for books? Yeah. So this week, um, some of you, if you're a long-term, long-time fan of Joel Merowitz, uh, you'll know that he's been prolific in his bookmaking over the years. And he's not one of these, I don't think, oh, well, certainly all of the books of Joel's I've got, um, I enjoy. There are some, there are some photographers that you, you feel like, and it's probably not them, it's probably the publishers, in fairness, that they seem to just produce book after book after book. And some of it, it's like, I don't know, you know, this is, this is not, just doesn't feel like the same uh, quality or anything. Anyway, with Joel's stuff, I feel like all of it is, you know, they're, they're all great. Now, back in, I th- sometime in the early 80s, probably 82, 83, something like that, there was a book called Wildflowers produced by Joel Merwitz. And it was a relatively small book, I think. Um, and it's uh, it's all colour street photography with the theme of flowers running through it. Now, I'm just, the reason why I'm, I'm kind of stuttering over my words is because I've just popped onto Ape Books to have a look for that original one. Um, yeah, there it is. So, yes, yeah, 1983. Um, oh, it was a very signed, different cover, yeah. signed copy of it, 145 pounds, 111 pounds yes. for the for a standard one. Yeah. So now it's been republished. Um, or the pictures have been republished, uh, and it was published in April this year. So technically, the version that you can get now is being marked as a first edition by this publisher. But bear in, bear in mind, if you're a collector, it's there is a previously published one by a different publisher that is probably yeah. the true first yeah. edition. Yeah. So this is this is the one I've got, the new one. Um, and I'll read the blurb as I, know, as I always do. The new and expanded edition of Joel Mayo, it's wildly acclaimed photo book, Wildflowers. Uh, now in a larger format, features new and unpublished images. There we go. So for nearly 40 years, Joel Mayo, which has tended his visual garden in the streets and parks and cities he has visited or lived isn't that great i love that tended his visual garden he goes out into the streets open-eyed and passionate carrying a machine which is perfectly suited to the task of taking it all in see a machine, a machine. tools not a jewels machine, the machine um yeah and then it goes on to say the Leica, as quick as the flick of an eyelash effortlessly interrupts time stopping and holding it forever yeah. it's beautiful whoever wrote this this forward i like and then it goes on to say these walks give shape to a new territory for him which he began to think of as the garden that reflected the variety of his observations then one day while editing Maywitz stumbled across a, a small group of these flower photographs which he had gathered unknowingly uh, he began to believe that this innocent premise might be enough to tie together many of his oh, other photographic concerns under the nominal subject of flowers yeah so actually this is uh, it's a vertical book and the original is a square book so they haven't taken the aperture or they changed the aperture shape of the images they're, they're just going to you're going to see some smaller images on pages yeah but it is literally a it's a full-on photo book so there's no words well there's a there's an afterward at the back of one page afterward but basically 
its pictures uh all color all amazing um or there is a there is a small um, forward on page 13 but other than that it's all typical Joel Merwitz stuff, but they all have the theme of flowers. And and it really is quite an interesting book because I'm looking now on page 33, for example. Um, and, you, you know, Joel has always been quite open about showing pictures of his uh, uh, wives. I think we have to say wives. Um, and, I, you know, so there's there's individual pictures of um, of people in his life. And, and in this case, just wearing a, uh, a kimono laying on a line on a, on a bench. Um, but the, the the drapes, as our Americans would call it, curtains, yeah. have got this like flowery finish to them. Yeah. Um, there's parades. There's simple people walking along the street who have got flowery dresses on. It's a beautiful picture here, page 47, which doesn't have a person in it at all. Looks like it's probably a coast in Italy or something like that because I think that's where he lives now. Series of chairs, 15 chairs, 10 chairs. Um, just loads of flowers in front of them overlooking the harbour and what I love about these kinds of pictures and, and because Joel is you know vocal about this as well in that if it's a documentary picture you know it should be unstaged and yeah. so that you've got one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen chairs and one of them is slightly out of position and doesn't have its seat cover on it and there will be people who perhaps would, would straighten that up put a seat cover on it but he hasn't which is a good thing yeah. no some of the uh, one of the things i i am a, i don't like about this book i have to say is the cross spine printing um yeah, you've never been a fan of that have you no especially these kind of modern hardbacks where you know you really have to bend the, the spine and well, bend yeah, the page it's, it's in order a, to it's see it all. Cer- certainly not a fold flat is it no and i don't i don't like that so much I, I, and i don't quite understand why it's only on some of the images because some of them uh, you know, they've they've just decided to do small-ish um, mm. on you know on one side, one spread, and then on others they've made them a bit bigger and, and spread it right across. But you know, and, and that kind of breaks it up a little bit. Um, beautiful like vistas as well. So it's not just street photography. It's not always just people, but there's always something in there that's related to flowers. Sometimes you have to look quite deep to figure out where the flower is. Mm. There's a great one here, page fifty-five. This would have been, I would say early 70s maybe late 60s um yeah probably 60s for five girls they're at a milk depot um you know you can get it says half a gallon container 47 cents <laughs> brilliant you know it's like proper american uh, hamburgers milkshakes you've got one of those bubblegum machines outside yeah. um ice cold coca-cola advert and then these girls all wearing exactly the same mini skirts with flowers on it looks like they might be in a band or something you know i don't know a work there perhaps um, it's great. And then you've got like the traditional stuff we've seen of his from New York, but people, you know, it's always focused on this element of flowers, this theme. There's one on page 65. It's quite a, this is a snap picture. I think you'd probably call it. So it's, it's quite out of focus, but that doesn't mean it's, there's anything wrong with it. I love the picture. And it's a lady who has a, uh, walking stick. So she is blind. She's holding out a, a pot for probably for collections there's a little girl sat on a uh, on a um a bag next to her perhaps yeah. belongs to her as well you know and maybe joel was walking by just saw it click it's a really wonderful snapshot of time that is yeah. really wonderful do you, do you know this does go to prove that um a flower you wouldn't have thought you thought right okay i'm gonna go, go and do a, a subject on flowers you might have thought okay in the garden or in, in some sort of park or but the way that he's tied this together 
and uh, made it a documentary piece. There is, a, there is. A, I'm going to use the word. Stand by. There is a story um, in everything, isn't there? There is, but but w- if you burgers, think back to obviously. the original, uh, the, the the blurb on the book, it, you know, it's an accidental story. Yeah. So this is a series of images that he thought, yes. oh, actually, I've got something yeah, here. Yeah. He didn't go out and think, right, this year I'm concentrating on flowers. You know, it's not like Elliot Erwitt with dogs, who yes, you know he yeah. had a, a proper project was like, right, you know, my 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 theme for the next however long is 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 canines. Uh, this was a, this is a collection of um, this is serendipity really isn't it? There's a yeah. whole load of really cool images that he yeah. probably didn't realise that he was making for those reasons. Yeah. Um, put them together, and what have you got? A book, a, sto- a, sto- a story. Sorry, a book, a story, <laughs> a story, <laughs> a story. Yeah, it's great. I really, I really like it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm a big fan of Joel Merwitz. Yes, so, me too. Me too. Um, and I love the impurities in his images as well, as well as the. Uh, you know practicalities. There's one here. I know, and I've heard him talk about this when I watched him on a webinar a couple of weeks ago uh, on the um, Martin Parr webinar, page 115. So there's a lady uh, sat on a stool looking out of this window, and it's the the, the apartment looks pretty bland. Um, and if I remember rightly, that's because uh, it was an apartment that he or he was looking to to rent or buy or sell or something i can't remember and i I can't i also can't remember whether the lady who sat on the stool is his friend his wife or whether it was the sales rep however because you can't see it's just the back but the flower element here is in the um is is in the carpet so you have the flowers here um but typically you know i'd say a lot of people would look at that picture and perhaps not give it too many second glances but now you throw context into it, you start looking, and you know you. I, I wouldn't say I say this on my workshops all the time. You know anybody can be a photographer, but we're all different observers, and it's what you observe is the important thing. Um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant, closed, good book, wildflowers, John Mayowitz. Yeah. Um, have we got time for one? I think we. I think it's all. It is. We've gone way over, Kev. We did things in a slightly different order today, so I've got to press this button. There we go rather dramatic wasn't it it was that's, <laughs> that's it for another week Kev um, don't forget to keep sending your don't forget very old radio cliche uh, keep sending your questions in to uh, well there's two ways to do it click at fujicast.co.uk or of course um, in the in the fujicast um, private facebook group um, but remember, as, as Kev correctly said, you really the uh, it's great to put questions in there for everybody to answer. Yes, but if you want them specifically on the show, then uh, then make sure you bung them in the the correct thread, which is where Kev uh, in the Facebook group. <laughs> I know, but at the top. Uh, oh, at the top, yeah. So there's two there's two in the announcements tab at the top of the Facebook group. There's two announcements. One of them is questions for the thread. Uh, questions <laughs> is uh, threads for the que- oh. Threads for the question, questions, questions, questions for the show, Kev. Questions for the show thread. And the other announcement that I've, I've announced, pinned up there, is uh, is Carl's amazing post about uh, vi- filming with uh, Fuji Film Campus. And very soon, actually, we're doing another Ask Andreas, aren't we? Yes. So uh, that, that will be appearing soon as well. So see you in the Facebook group for any questions you have about today's show. Play nice, of course. Our mods, Steve and Pete, they're always in there. Um, send questions, stories about your work and anything of interest you think to uh, either that email address or through the Facebook group. Thank you to those that are supporting the show by Patreon. Uh, music from Blue Wednesday, supporting music from the incredible Artlist.io. And we will see you next week. Bye, Kev. Bye-bye. More Brewdog, more Brewdog. <laughs> more Brewdog, yeah, more Brewdog. The Fujicast is an independent Loading Zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click 
at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way.